Merciful God, we turn to you to open our hearts and minds. Let us hear your word and be transformed in our understanding, in our love, and in our desire for you. Make us a people full of mercy, turning always to you to be made new. By the power of your Holy Spirit, open our eyes that we may see, open our ears that we may hear, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, may we hear what it is you say to us this day. And let God's people say, Amen. Our first reading comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 10, verses 8b through 13. The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Our second reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This first Sunday in Lent, we usually hear the story of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And as I was reading it this time, I started thinking about the way that Jesus passed this test of faith. Because each thing that he is tempted with has to do with his faith. The first temptation is, well, if you're so hungry, just take this stone and turn it into bread. Don't for a minute think that God's going to take care of you. You can take care of yourself. Jesus' reply is that he doesn't need it. Because God will provide. His faith is tested because he's asked to give up the belief that God's going to care for him and to simply 
turn stones into bread so that he can be filled and that he's no longer hungry. He knows that this is the shortcut. This is the easy way out. And it's the way that he would go if he wasn't there to prepare. So then he has his faith tested again. Each time, a different aspect of his faith is called in to play. And each time he applies a scripture. The devil says, I will give you all of this that you can see. Every kingdom is mine, the earth is mine, authority is mine. Worship me. Now one of the interesting things is, I don't know how easily I would take the devil at his word that do this and I'm going to give all of this to you. No questions asked. But the other part is he's not being given what his purpose is. Jesus has the aim to serve. And the devil offers him power. The power to oppress. The power to make people do whatever he wanted. And he would have to give up worshiping the one God that he worships. Give up the faith that you have that God will help you and I'll give you the power to make people do whatever you want. He says, no. Scripture says, worship God and God alone. And up to this point, Every time that Christ is tempted, every time he's tested, he replies with Scripture. And the context of that Scripture plays out in a greater form that when you go and you hunt it down, it speaks very much to what he's saying. Man shall not live by bread alone, he shall live by anything that God gives him. Worship the Lord your God because he is the God that led you out of Egypt, he is the God that has helped you, he is the God that has saved you, and he is the God that will provide for you. So the last test of faith, Christ is tempted with Scripture. It was fitting that our response this morning was Psalm 91. Because we heard the same words that we hear spoken to Jesus. When he's taken up to the top of the temple... Still jump. What do you have to worry about? Scripture says angels will come and rest. It won't touch a stone, nothing. God will catch you and God will save you. Jesus replies, don't put God to the test. And it's interesting that Scripture is used both to tempt him into diving off of the temple and to defend his decision not to. It's interesting because often when we quote Scripture and we quote a little part or we quote it and just say, this is it, we don't get the full story. Here we have the devil himself tempting Christ by going, well, you know what? Scripture says you're not going to hurt your foot. And Jesus' reply is, yeah, but I know better. God didn't put me here to go, hey, I'm going to find out just how far 
you're going to stretch this. I'm going to see how willing you are just to catch me from doing stupid things. Because God gives me the reason to know I shouldn't be jumping off a building. His faith is tested and he passes the test. And in Lent, we prepare ourselves to be tested in the same way. And we prepare ourselves by making sure that if our faith is tested, that we know how to respond. That we respond in faith. And we respond knowing that Scripture can be used to help us and Scripture can be used. And it's understanding God's purpose for us. That last test always strikes me in that I think it's the hardest for us. And I think it's the hardest because one of the things that we often do is pray about things that we have the ability to change. We just don't want to put in the effort. It always makes me think that we wouldn't sit there in front of the TV and go, I don't like what I am watching on this screen. God, please change this channel for me now. God gave you a remote control for a reason. But we do that sometimes with our lives. We see what's going on in our lives and we go, God, get me out of this mess. I don't want to be here anymore. And then we sit down and we wait. It's like sitting down and saying, God, I need a new job, and I'm going to sit right here at this table and wait until you tie a new job interview to a brick and throw it through my window. No, you have to get up and do. Because you have to go find it. God may lead you to that new job, but you actually have to be out there looking for it. We aren't called to feed the hungry by sitting around and praying about it. We're called to pray about it so that God will guide us by the Spirit so that we can find the people who are hungry and feed them ourselves. We aren't called to put a roof over the head of the homeless by praying homelessness away. We pray that God will lead us and then we build the homes and we fix the things that cause homelessness. Too often... We are ready to pray for the things that we have complete control over while we try to change the things that we have no control over. We get ourselves all backwards. And then we wonder why we're being tested. And maybe the test is, pay attention. What has God put in your life that you have no control over? Pray that God will help you find a way to control it. If you do have control over it, pray that God will lead you to fix it. That he'll lead you to use whatever you have to help others, that he will lead you to make the most of it. Because our faith is tested in the way that God wants to know, what are you doing with your time? Because one of the things that we think about during Lent is Christ's death on the cross. And it reminds us there is an end of our days. Each one of us is given time on this earth 
None of us knows how much. The test we have before us in this time is how do we use that time wisely? Do we put ourselves in silly situations and risk everything saying, well, it's okay if I do something rash because God will save me? Is it that we sit around waiting for God to take drastic measures when we could be doing little things here and there to make things better? Do we wait for God to bring people to us or do we go out to the people who need help? Do we remember that it is our faith that binds us together? Do we remember that it is our faith in Christ that has caused us to come together? As Paul says, there are no Jews, there are no Gentiles. There are no opposing factions when you are in Christ. You are simply His. Are we together in Christ and are we using our time wisely? Are we fighting over things that we can't control or are we helping each other to make the world a better place? Our days may be limited. But our love is not. Our time may have a limit. But our mercy does not. The test of our faith, the wilderness that we find ourselves in, is one that says, do you trust God? And do you trust Him to help you make the best decisions you can? Do you trust him to help you make the best of a bad situation? Do you trust him to help you turn things around when you've gotten so messed up you don't know which way is up? And do you trust him to help you act? To help you speak when you need to speak and help you hold your tongue when you need to hold your tongue? Do we trust him to help us to change things that we need to change and to pray for change that we don't know how to accomplish? Do we have faith that God can get us there together? The example that Christ gives us is how to hold steadfast in our faith that we may pass the test. that we may make the most out of this life, that we may rejoice forevermore in the next. But until that day, pray, believe, have hope, and be willing to do whatever it is God calls you to do, wherever it is God calls you to be, that we make the most of the gift that has been given to us. And we faithfully follow Christ's example in love, in mercy, and in hope. Amen.